Kia Welcome to Baptist People. My name's Charles Hewlett. And I'm Catherine Heslop. In our roles as National Leader and Executive Advisor within the Baptist Churches of New Zealand, we daily have the privilege of bumping into interesting people. These podcasts give us the opportunity to introduce them to you and to let them shape us as we endeavour to bring gospel renewal to people and places. In conversation, we explore something of their story. Why do we find them so interesting? What are they giving their lives to? Where does the motivation come from? We reflect together on both the highs and lows of their journey. Thanks heaps for taking the time to listen in today. In today's episode, I talk with Linda Allen, Principal of Oratia District School. Linda has been Principal for nearly seven years, four in an international school in Istanbul, Turkey, and nearly three back in New Zealand at Oratia. Linda is married to husband Craig with three adult children and one grandchild. She is passionate about meaningful and authentic connection to her family and friends, to the Lord and how he wants her to live her life, and to education and helping learning come alive. Today we talk together about women in the workplace, the New Zealand education system and the concern that some parents experience over what our children are being taught in schools today. I start by asking Linda to tell us a little about herself. Well, I am Eurasian. I'm a third culture kid. Uh, My mum is Chinese and my father's British. And they met uh, when he was doing his national service. And he decided he would be adventurous. And since he had to give two years of his life to the government, he'd go somewhere exotic and he went to Singapore. And through a series of events, they actually ended up meeting together and fell in love. And he chose to come back to New Zealand to marry her and raise a family. And so my siblings and I, we're first generation Kiwis. And actually, my father's a army child. His father's in the British army. So Mm. he's lived all around the world. And so actually, Maybe because of that, we also, um, he wasn't afraid to sort of shift countries to Mm. get further opportunities for advancement. And so we've lived in New Zealand, Australia Mm. and Malaysia as children. And um, I've also lived in Istanbul. Oh, wow. So I trained as a teacher and I've been in teaching. I counted it up this morning, 38 years. (laughs) A long time. (laughs) Very experienced. Yeah. And um, my most recent experience before coming to be the principal at Oratia was uh, we went to Istanbul, Turkey, Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to try my hand at international schooling. When we lived in Malaysia, I'd gone to an international school as a child, and Mm -hmm. it was just one of the most transformative, wonderful experiences in my life. I had always wanted to be a teacher, an international teacher. And um, I, I got to the stage in my life where my children were independent. And my husband and I thought we'd have an adventure and we had a go and applied for some jobs and mm-hmm. I won a job at an international school in Istanbul. Mm. And I'd only been there a year when I was offered the principal's position. I went as the deputy principal and then, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be offered the principal's position. And that was just as um, the ISIS war with Syria and wow. the Turkish border was ramping up mm-hmm. and we had a lot of internal turmoil with suicide bombings wow we also had the coup the attempted coup and so there was a lot of turmoil and a lot of leadership decisions that needed mm. to be made in that time and interestingly 
we returned to New Zealand at the end of 2019, just in time to prepare ourselves for COVID. So <laughs> yeah, wow. I was thinking that my um, most recent, you know, my most recent leadership positions have been ones guiding my team, my staff mm. through quite traumatic and stressful times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so massive, what, four or five years for you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. well, actually, uh, seven. Yeah. Seven. Four years in Istanbul, nearly three years here. So. Wow. So I bet that that experience has just given you a wealth of leadership skill and, you know, managing those kinds of environments. Yeah, I, I was thinking about some of the questions that you've asked me to consider. And mm. I think that one thing I learned through those times and I'm still learning is the power of relationships right and how the the tone of your your school your environment is Mm. key to everything progressing well and so Mm. the work you put into the relationships and the you know the connections that Mm. you form is vital yeah so that's a key leadership takeaway right there (laughs) Yeah. yeah wow so you're a mother of three linda Yes. So how on earth, you know, 38 years teaching, how on earth did you manage the juggle of life, raising children while having a career? Well, as you say, I've got three children. They are all adults now and Mm. all happy and sort of in employment and working independently. I feel very blessed with the decisions that they've been making. Um, But raising raising them um, when we were going through was actually pretty wonderful Mm. Uh, my 30s were my one of my favorite decades Mm. that's when I was sort of really involved with raising my kids but it was a big juggle Mm. and my husband's always been self-employed um and so we've been through some downs in in that time and so Mm. those are the motivation for for us as a couple to make the decision for me to go back to work so I would say that managing the juggle was definitely because of the support I got from my husband from Craig yeah he you know in all our decisions about whether or not I was going to go back to work how he was going to go what we did we talked it through we prayed about it we made a agreed decision and we said Mm. that we would do what it took to make it work yeah and I had huge support from my wider family my mother was a strong believer in women having a career okay she had um, been training to be a nurse when she met my father yeah. and had fully intended to continue that when mm. she came to New Zealand, but they'd been given some inaccurate information and been told that she could just transfer and start carry on mm. her training and then yeah. she couldn't. Oh, no. And so for whatever reason, they mm-hmm. chose for her to just start over again. Yeah. And so she never really fulfilled that desire to be... Oh that career person, that nurse. And so she wanted to make sure that we didn't lose that opportunity because of yeah. um, circumstances. So she looked after my children, wow. on a, you know, for a day or two here or there, mm. or right through. And I was 11 years off full-time work where yeah. I just did relieving or job sharing mm. or part-time work. Sometimes I worked a whole year full-time just mm. because of the way that the birth of the children fell. Yeah. But it was about 11 years of interrupted teaching, full-time teaching. Yes. Yeah. And um, I had a really good friend whose little boy was the same age as my youngest. And mm. when I went back to work full-time, she looked after Mitchell wow. for me. And my sister was amazing. And she, she just had the children back 
they walked home to her house with her, her children and she mm. just looked after them after school for me until I could pick them up. Wow. Yes. So, so real community. Yeah. It takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without the others. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, was that something that enabled you to keep up with all of the demands? Like, how did you keep going through all those years? That sounds like the biggest juggle. Yeah. We were really tired. Mm. <laughs> I think definitely that extended family and friend support was the key. Mm. We did work long hours. But we made deliberate choices, too, in the things that we got involved with. Mm. Um, and my husband and I were just laughing, actually, when we were. I was telling him about these questions that you were going to ask me. And he, he said, oh, I remember us talking with our middle child, Joe, and he really wanted to play cricket on a Saturday. Yes. And it was right in the midst of this really busy years. Mm. And he said, darling, we love that you want to play sport. He was already fully involved in soccer and swimming. And, and we said, we can't commit to that amount of time mm. to and watch you every week. Yeah, We just don't have that space. So if you mm. really want to do cricket, we'll support you. You can do it. Mm. We can't come and watch. And then his dad said, and actually, Joe, to be perfectly honest, I'd rather take you to the beach and go, and go surfing. Mm. And Joe thought about it and he thought, yeah, me too. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so surfing was one of the things that kept that relationship going through the very difficult teenage years. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned cricket because I've got the exact same scenario playing out with our youngest boy at the moment. He is cricket mad and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, cricket takes all day on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally get your, um, the, it's a tough decision. <laughs> but, um, I do think that we just worked really hard. Mm. So what was the hardest part about all of it? And what helped you the most? Mm. I, I think the hardest part of all of that juggle mm. was feeling secure in our own decisions about yeah. what we made for our family and not mm. being swayed by people's perceptions yes. or expectations of us. Because while it was nice to have people like my mum say, mm. you know, you need to keep going, you need to mm. uh, stay stay focused on your career, don't give it up, it's, it's a worthwhile thing to keep ticking over. Mm. And I had friends who were, you know, getting ready to have children and I can remember one saying, oh, I think you're such a wonderful role model of how you can do it all, you know, you right. can work and you can have it. And I didn't feel like I was yeah. a role at all. Right surviving yeah but it was a matter of necessity and for our case because of mm. the, the you know the financial situation but I also had some of my friends who gave me quite a hard time about the right. fact that I was choosing my career over my children mm. in their opinion yeah that I was not doing best by my children by mm. working and you know I, I had some very uh, you know upset times mm. and I think the thing that really helped me through was the fact that Craig and I had talked this through fully. We were mm. in agreement. We had prayed. We had asked that God would guide our steps, that he would open the doors. We, mm. had, we always have the feeling that if God opens a door, yeah. then we'll walk through. We'll yeah. trust him and we'll walk through and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And so we felt that the doors had been open for me to return to work. Mm. We had all the support in place. And I think having people to talk to in that time really helped. And my sister's just one of my best confidants. Mm. So 
she she was able to be a really good sounding board mm. that relationship open with Craig with my husband yeah yeah so t- definitely team approaches yeah obviously very important I think for women like I reflect on that in my own journey having times of being the stay-at-home mom and then times of working and the juggle and I remember reading an article quite a number of years back about women and how no matter what decision you choose you've almost always got this internal sort of battle that you have to sort out in your own mind Uh, because if you choose to be a stay-at-home mom then you've you've also given up something else and if you choose the career path then you've given up you know (laughs) other things so it's yeah I think it's hard from all perspectives yeah Mm. I agree I I would totally concur with that yeah which choice you make there are aspects that are positive and negative yes and so you just have to decide what works for you and then try and find a way through and I guess be open to the fact that maybe your decision wasn't the right thing and it might not last forever you know it might be good for this year but maybe not for the next year and I don't know that's certainly how we had to face it yeah so it's sort of like just keep reflecting on it and and praying about it and approaching it as a team and working out what's best for you as a family Yes. Yeah. So we hear stats about the inequalities that exist for women in the workplace today. So, you know, women have less leadership opportunities, lower pay, less respect. Do you think it's harder for women in leadership roles and in what ways? Mm. I think being in education, I'm fortunate that there Mm. are opportunities for women. Um, There are lots of women principals and deputy principals, team leaders, Mm. and I know in the past, even though teaching was overrepresented by women in the mm. work in that workforce, the majority of leaders were men. That statistic is shifting a little bit, certainly in New Zealand anyway. Mm. And when I look around the room at my principals association meetings and things, mm. you know, there's a good gender blend. There's a good mix. Nice. Um, so I do think that education gives opportunities for women But I do think that in terms of the age, Hmm. that men get opportunities for leadership in education earlier than women. They might be in their late 20s, early 30s, and they Hmm. might get a VP or a principal's role, whereas the majority of women don't uh, get that opportunity because, well, they're taking time off to have their children. So it's very difficult to be in two places at once. And some some do it, but Hmm. the majority, they're older, you know, before they get to the... And I think what you were talking about before in terms of doesn't matter which choice we make, there are things that we lose or Mm. that that is, I think, one of the things that plays out for women in leadership, that Mm. raising your family is the most amazing leadership opportunity Mm. you possibly have. Yeah. If you view it that way, but it doesn't bring in much money. And And so not not that every career is based just on money, of course, it's based on passion and your, you know, what what you feel called to. But lots of us make the decision that having children is a really important part of our lives and we choose to focus on that. And so Mm. we set aside the career path and we pick it up later. Yes. And so it's like, well, that's where we get the lower pay if you compare, you know, the straight statistics and the leadership opportunities. I think it's because some of us opt out 
yes of those opportunities because we choose to focus on other things and I don't know about less respect because I can only really speak for you know us in the mm. education my experience in the education force yeah and um I do feel that this there are still aspects where we're stereotyped and typecast mm. in terms of uh, the way that we respond our decision-making processes, the point mm. of view we bring to the world. Yeah. It's very different from the stereotypical male perspective. Mm. And some people really like a male way of doing things and mm. others appreciate the female. But I just feel that if you can have good collaboration in your leadership team mm. and have um, an opportunity for voice, both male and female, to speak into the decision-making process. Yes. Get yeah. the best of both. Yeah. Mm. So... Yeah. I do think that there are aspects of what you're talking about inequalities, mm. definitely. Yeah. But I think sometimes the statistics that they quote, you know, you can make statistics say whatever you want them to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think they always take into account the deliberate choices that women have yes. chosen to make. Yeah, that's interesting perspective. And like you say, with the collaboration, that comes back to what you're talking about at the beginning of this about relationship. Mm. And so, you know, if you have good relationship with your team and collaboration, then that's probably the best approach anyway. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, so we hear scary statistics about the state of New Zealand children's reading, writing, maths abilities today. You know, I read an article um, titled New Zealand's Great Education Decline. It said, over the last 20 years, our education system has slipped from being the envy of the world to barely mediocre. You know, we hear scathing reports. So as a mum of three myself, I would like to ask you, Linda, are our kids going to be okay? Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Um, I, I am a great believer in the New Zealand education system. Yeah. Because not just because I'm in it myself, mm. but because I've taught in other countries. I have led in other countries. I have recruited teachers from around the world. Mm. And I know how highly respected New Zealand teachers are yeah. held around the world, how well our New Zealand teachers are in terms of being able to create curriculum, mm -hmm. and knowing where children are at and being able to take them forward mm. and stretching them and growing them and at the other end and catering for their diverse needs. And so I feel very confident about the quality of New Zealand teaching compared to other nations around the world that may may have slightly higher stats perhaps in mm. the reading writing and maths and I also think that New Zealand education has in the last 20 years chosen to focus more holistically and looked at things like key competencies such as decision making and mm. critical thinking creative creativity and when I compare what great education giants like Sir Ken Robinson who yeah. speaks about creativity and the need. And mm. I look at our New Zealand curriculum and what we mm. choose to focus on. I feel very positive about mm. things. And I know too that New Zealanders around the world are revered for their high work ethic, mm. their flexibility, their problem-solving ability, and their yeah. ability to work with others. And when we read reports about what are the things that make a worker employable in the mm. 20th century these are the things that keep getting raised yes yeah and it's not whether you got an a plus on your maths but in saying that mm. um i do i do believe that it's been a long time since the new zealand curriculum has had a review and we're in the mm. midst of that now yeah and i do believe that there has been a shift away 
in teacher training towards a more academic mm. education degree focus rather than a more right. apprenticeship style teaching know-how. Yeah. So I imagine that there's going to be a lot of tweaking and shaking up in the next decade okay. and make some changes in that area. Mm. And for myself at our school, we're doing a review of our maths program. Yeah. Uh, that's our focus this year mm -hmm. because we feel that we want to make sure that what we're teaching um, meets the needs of our kids and is what is considered best practice. Nice. Yeah. So, we're doing that. And we're also looking at a new literacy uh, approach for mm. New Zealand, yeah. which is structured literacy. And that's focusing okay. more on phonetics and right. um, phonics yes. rather than um, the, the whole language approach that has been very popular yes. um, in New Zealand for the last little while. Yeah. So being Kiwis, we're really good at picking the cherries out of all the things that are around us, <laughs> taking it in and making, uh, blending it and making a mm. strong uh, system for ourselves. And I think that's one thing that New Zealand educators are very good at, and that's seeing the value in, in a variety of things and not having to stick solely to one particular mm. methodology, yes. uh, yeah. which can have its downfalls too. Yeah. Oh, that's so positive to hear because, you know, if all we're seeing is the media reports, then it is quite concerning. So that's, mm -hmm. it's really good to hear. Yeah. Another thing that I've picked up on is, you know, I've had conversations with Christian parents around, you know, the information that our children are being taught in schools today. So topics such as how the world was created, uh, morals, sex education, we experience a loss of control over what information is being taught to our children. And, you know, based on some of the conversations that I've had in Christian circles, there seems to be almost a sense of panic. Is this something that we should be concerned about? Hmm. It's a really interesting question. And one I have had some experience with as a principal, you know, with a, um, some parents calling me about aspects of the curriculum mm. that they weren't comfortable with. Yeah. And just they're Christians they were questioning it mm. and um, just it, it helped crystallize I think my perspective on our role as parent because if if we send our children to a state school it's secular yes and so that's the education that they're going to get and I think as parents we if we are really concerned about the sort of learning that and and upbringing that we want our children to be raised with, mm. then we have to take our share of responsibility for that. Okay. And so if we think that I can send my child to school and they'll get all the learning that they need to be a good person um, and they'll understand how the world works according to my Christian perspective, mm. I think you're abdicating responsibility. Right. Because in today's secular New Zealand, mm. Christians are a very decreasing minority there's yes. less and less and I I believe that we have the opportunity to teach our children mm. what perspective means teach our children what critical thinking means mm. and to teach our children that somebody can have a different point of view mm. from us yeah and that's okay um, because I think if we only expect our children to hear one voice mm. one perspective and we haven't given them the chance to sort of uh, tussle with decisions and stretch mm. that decision making muscle and understand about that 
that rub that comes when mm. someone tells us something that we don't necessarily agree with and how to counter that. Yes. If we don't give them that opportunity as they're growing up. Yeah. When they become teenagers, mm. and we see this all the time, they get out of the circle of influence of the family and they get opened up to the, what the rest of the world thinks and they go, mm. oh, I didn't know all of that. Yeah. I'd like to explore all of that. Yeah. And, and I think some parents, some Christians might think, well, it's the fault of school. Because mm. they didn't educate our children well enough in the ways of the of the Lord. Yeah. Yet, and and everybody, you know, that I think post Christian, post modern New Zealand, mm. are more and more secular. And and I think many of us who are in Christian circles surround our families and our friends are all still part of that world. Mm. And so I don't think we always realize just how much things have shifted. And so we're a bit protected and isolated. Mm. And I just feel that every time your child comes home with a question, a wonderful opportunity to say, well, honey, this is what we believe. This is yes. what we feel the Lord tells us. This is, we, we trust the Bible. The Bible mm. says this. Yeah. And, um, and you have the opportunity to, as a parent, to mm. influence your child in meaningful ways to help mm. make good decisions and good choices. Yeah. yeah. So don't panic about it see it as a bit of an opportunity to teach our children how to think critically and how to to be okay about hearing something that they may not agree with and to unpack that themselves and mm-hmm. yeah I think that's that's fair because I think too that um, a lot of Christians we don't really know what we believe mm. either. And right. when we're asked to defend it we retreat to offense not defense you know yeah and I yeah. think we don't we get sort of outraged and upset mm. rather than accepting the fact that the world is full of different perspectives and yeah. we need to you know i mean having lived in turkey mm. for five years amongst all those muslim people yeah they're just the most beautiful people mm. they they love their families they love mm. god yeah they are, many of them are very devout yes. they want to do what's right for the world but they have a very different perspective mm. to us Yes. And, and what we think yeah and yet that doesn't make them wonderful stop making them wonderful people and yeah. I think yeah that's one of the challenges that we as Christians need to have is to see the what God sees in people mm, yeah because we almost just get overcome by fear and yeah yeah, yeah. and we allow that to um, influence our thinking yeah acceptance of people yeah so so as parents how do we deal with that do we become really proactive with trying to find out, you know, all of the lessons or all of the learnings that our children are being taught, or do we just organically wait for the conversations to happen? And Mm. how, you know, how proactive do we need to be? Yeah, I think too, that one of the challenges with some of the stuff that comes to us from the ministry Mm. is that it's been written by people very passionate about that area. And so they'll, they, they have a viewpoint and a perspective, Mm. but most teachers are fairly conservative middle of the road. Right. Uh, Because we get so many sways Mm. of policy backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. One government comes in, (laughs) one government goes out. They all have their own opinions about different things. And we learn to walk the middle road so that we can like I say, pick the best out of everything. So most teachers are very open to Mm. hearing from parents. Yeah. If if it comes from a reasonable perspective, a a help me understand perspective. Yeah. So don't be afraid to, Mm. to question and ask and just to get 
you know, um, more information about what's being taught. Mm. But yeah. I also think you shouldn't be afraid yes. about what is being taught because yeah. even if it's from just that secular um, values-based perspective, mm. there is generally a lot of respect and mm. a positive worldview that's yeah. there and amongst it. Yeah. And yes, there could be differences from a, a Christian perspective and the world. Mm. Science has a different perspective on evolution than the Bible. Yeah. Mm. But there are plenty of Christian uh, scientists Mm. that have found a way to bridge the two yes. so you know I think that whatever we do we need to listen to our children and if they have questions mm. or if they talk around the dinner table with you mm. then rather than saying oh you shouldn't be thinking that you shouldn't have heard that mm. they'll shut down they won't share with you yeah but if you if you're around the dinner table and you're talking about what's been talking about at school what's what's yeah. what what are you finding interesting mm. um, is is there uh what's your focus you mm. know and your, your topic and whatever around those ideas and you have a general conversation mm. and and it's invitational I use that word again yes um, children feel listened to they feel heard they feel their mm. perspective is valued by the family and they're not shut down for yeah. having a slightly different perspective yeah and it encourages them to keep sharing and to keep exploring ideas so if something gets mm. raised by your child that you have concerns about then yeah mm. contact the the teacher and just say hey my kid said something at the dinner table last mm. night last week and I've been thinking about it and I was wondering if you could help me unpack what's going on around that a little bit more yeah and they you know I think that they would be quite reassured mm. by what's going on and often what a child brings home um isn't always as what was ex mm. presented you yes. know um <laughs> We have a funny saying at school that we'll believe 10% of what your child tells you about what goes on at home if you're willing to what goes on at school. It goes both ways, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. No. Um, I just think keep the communication open with your children. Don't try and tell them that they're wrong for thinking yes. a certain thing. Yeah. Help them explore it. Help them try and see your perspective, but be gentle. Yeah. And, yeah. and just help them see that there are different points of view in the world mm, yeah so take them on a journey with it yeah yeah awesome that's really helpful yeah so tell us Linda what is the greatest opportunity and privilege that you have in your role as principal of a local primary school well I I feel very privileged to be in such a position of influence yeah um I feel that with that comes a great responsibility mm because I would like to think that I am modeling the values and the um, expectations for behavior and, mm. you know, sort of communication levels that I would like to see demonstrated in my school community, me to my teachers, teachers to children, me to mm. parents, parents to each other, yeah. children to children. You know, I'd like to think that I am making school Mm. a great place to come to every day that kids are happy to come to school that parents are happy to send their children mm. to us that my teachers are really delighted to come to work there mm, awesome. and that people feel valued and nurtured to you know be their best so I mean I'm still in teaching education because I love I love helping mm -hmm. children wow. grow um, yeah. in their understanding of themselves in their um, ability to take risks and to try new things and mm -hmm. express themselves yeah so I want it to be a safe place 
and awesome. that they can grow to be the people that God has made them mm. to be. Yeah. While I might not be able, well, I choose not to be, I guess, very overt <laughs> in um, the fact that I don't like pray before a, um, mm. a meeting. We do do karakia and I always ask the Holy Spirit to put his blessing over that because I think yeah. it's an interesting little pathway in that the Lord's given us. Yes. Tools. And yes. so I choose to embrace it as that. Nice. And, um, I accept that. Um, and I think that's that perspective thing, you know, the mm. Lord had this beautiful spiritual dimension mm. and acceptance of it. And um, they were very open to the gospel when it came mm. because of that. Yeah. And so when when we have opportunities to share in karakia and in the tikanga of Māori, mm. I it adds a beautiful spiritual dimension that I ask the Holy Spirit to bless. Yeah. And so I guess I just have that ability to be a person of influence. Mm. And I, I guess my greatest prayer is that the, the decisions I make and the way I act mm. reflect the Lord yeah so that people because people that are within the school community mm. they know I'm a Christian you know I don't try and hide that at all yes that it makes it sort of uh attractive and maybe that they'll it'll plant a seed you yes. know yeah absolutely being the light to your community yeah. and with the influence that you have definitely okay. awesome it's been so lovely to chat with you today Linda thank you so much for sharing thank you so much for inviting me in it was wonderful